You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. How's everybody doing? Welcome back to the Kingdom Bringer podcast. I'm your host, Darren Eubanks. Thank you for joining me today. It's an honor. It's a privilege and feels good. Feels good to be sitting here. It's a Sunday afternoon for me and kind of got the, the place to myself and really felt like getting this out there, getting this recorded. This is something that's been burning on me for a while. And it's um, what we're going to deal with today is some practical ways that you can stand with your family in the days and the times that we're in. Did you know that we're in a battle? Did you know that we are in war right now? That war has been declared on you and on your family and on anybody who clings to the cross and who who claims Jesus's salvation as their own, you're in a war. It may not be a war that you asked for. It may not be a war that you're even ready for, but it's a war. You're going to have a lot of people saying that we should pretend as if we're in a time of peace. Just, just believe that we're in peace, brother, and we'll be in peace. I don't think so. War has been declared on your family, and it it may or may not be a war that you are thinking. It may or may not be a war that uh, you're you, you hear about, that you're trained for. This has nothing to do with um, American law. This has nothing to do with the Constitution. This has everything to do with the kingdom of God being at war against the enemy of darkness. And today I want to talk about some some practical ways that we can stand and fight as a family. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I have responsibilities on this planet. And those are those are the top two. Like I have a responsibility to the kingdom to represent heaven to represent Jesus as an ambassador of heaven. But God has given me earthly duties. He has given me earthly duties. And if you are a husband and a father, you too have earthly duties, things that he has given you responsibility for. And my family is the top of that. My family is the number one priority in my life. So we're going to talk about a few of those things. I wanted to remind you, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out kingdombringer.com, please do so. There's some blogs on there that are strictly meant to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. They're meant to encourage you in the 
the kingdom authority that you have to build you up and encourage you to be everything that God created you to be. And so you can find some encouraging uh, blogs, some encouraging articles on there. Every podcast of this episode is on there as well. So check that out, share that with your friends. And if you're interested in supporting what we're doing here at Kingdom Bringer at the podcast, you can support it by going to the store and buying yourself a hat. We got hats, Kingdom Bringer hats. We got shirts, Kingdom Over Everything, Revival or Die. We've got a variety of products that you can purchase and all of that money goes to support Kingdom Bringer, the podcast, and the articles and all the things that we're doing with the website. So check it out. Feel free to buy something and wear some swag. That'd be awesome. I'd appreciate it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I want to talk about the heart of this is going to come from Ephesians chapter six. So if you've got your got your Bibles, open them up with me to Ephesians 610. We're going to talk about the armor of God. We're going to talk about uh, the, the battle that we're in. So let's define this battle that we're in. Let's first put our finger on it and define what this battle is. Ephesians 6.10. I'm reading out of the NLT. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Does the devil have strategies? Yes, he does. Can we see those today? Yes, we can. All these things that we're going to talk about today, ways that we're going to defend the enemy's arrows, the enemy's attacks on you and your family, we we have to recognize that the enemy has strategies that he's using in America and across the planet. The enemy wants to destroy anything that lines up with the kingdom of God. We're going we're gonna to find out after a while that he really can't do that, but he's going to try till the very end to destroy you and your family, to kill you and your family. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That outlines right there that we are fighting a fight. You're in a war, let's put it that way. You can choose to not fight. Many churches, especially in America, have chosen to not fight this fight. But we're called to fight because we are in a war. Verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in this time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. And he puts he, he he lays out all the different types of armor, all the different pieces, all the different tools in this armor that are necessary to fight the fight and to stand firm. This this message isn't about the different the different tools and the different pieces of this armor. You can find those for yourself. Again, it's Ephesians chapter uh, six, 
13 through 17, he lays out all the different types of armor, the pieces of the armor. But we're going to talk about some practical ways. We, we recognize we recognize that we are in a war, that we are in a battle, and that we are called to fight. And I want to talk about some practical ways that we can fight. Okay, because this means war. Like when you're in a war, it's important to recognize that you're in a war. Does that make sense? It's important to know that you're in a war, that war has been declared. Did you know that there's not war until someone declares war? Like there's not a there's not a there's not a war. Like here here in like politics, here in 2023, you're not in a war. There is no war until there's war declared. Somebody declares war, either by word or by action, war is declared. It's extremely obvious that a war has been declared on you and your family. I'm, I'm going to speak specifically to America right now. This podcast goes all over the world. We've got listeners from all over the planet that tune into this podcast and, and many podcasts that are out there. And I'm speaking to, to us in America, right? The American family right now is under attack in some, some ways that we haven't seen before. We're in a war and in a battle that we necessarily haven't experienced before. And it's time for us to, to realize that. And it's time for us to strategically, right? The enemy has strategies. We need to have some strategies as well. So I'm going to lay out some things, and I believe this is going to be 10 strategies, 10 specific things that we can do as a family, as a husband, as a father, that I can instill in my family, in my household, to fight in this war, right? It's a spiritual war. It's a war that's that's um, in the physical. The Bible says that the the Antichrist spirit is active today. It's active right now. It's the spirit of the Antichrist that's on this planet. So that means that a man, a human being, can take on that spirit of the Antichrist and do things to affect the culture. And that's exactly what's happening right now. We've got, we've got men in politics. We've got people that have taken on almost like a garment this antichrist spirit and are putting uh, laws into play they're putting policies into effect that are meant to destroy the nuclear family it's meant to destroy the things that we've always known to be key to the foundation of of our society and we're going to we're going to take it back. <laughs> we're going to we're going to stand up and push back against that agenda and against that antichrist spirit that if it's a if if it's the enemy's spirit, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, we're going to we're going to push back against that thing that's meant to steal from you and your family, to kill and destroy your family. We're going to push back against it. And here's some practical ways that we're going to do that. Number one, prioritize your family. I'm talking to men. I'm talking to, 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 to men right now, 
because I'm a man, I'm a husband and a father, my home has been prioritized in my life. There was a time that other things were more important to me than my family. And it wasn't that I, I truly don't believe that I loved those things more than my family. They were just more of a priority in my heart because I always felt like God was going to protect my family. I always believed that God was going to protect my marriage and protect my children. And that he was always going to stand for them. There were desires on my heart that were up to me to make happen. It was up to me to produce the fruit for those things to happen, right? Like a good soldier, I was called to go and do all these things, believing God was going to take care of my family in the, in the process. But I've come to realize that if I don't prioritize my family, I'm not doing my job. I'm not standing how I'm supposed to be standing and leading my family how I'm supposed to be leading if they're not the number one priority in my life. My relationship with God obviously is number one. Here on earth, the responsibilities that I have, my family, my home is going to be prioritized. As a family, one of the greatest things you can do is make sure that husbands love their wives and wives love their husbands. Some of this stuff is going to sound very basic. Okay. You could probably find many of this stuff online. Like you could find, you know, articles that were written on how to have a better family and how to have a better home. And it's, it's, it's simple things, but it's things that we've neglected as men. I truly believe that. My marriage and my children are the most important responsibilities in my life. There's no greater prize to attain. Like I'm not going to go and, and do anything greater in this world than to raise up my family the way that God wants me to raise them up. To love my queen like she's called to be loved and to propel her to the things that God's called her to do and to raise up my children to know, to understand Jesus and his love for them and to step into their destiny, to step into their calling. That's, that's my responsibility and nobody else is going to do that for me. No one else is going to do that for me. It's enough of a victory to raise my family the way that I'm called to raise them. That is enough of a victory. I don't need to seek out other awards, other prizes, that's enough of a victory to know that I've done my job to love my wife and to raise my children, to, to know, to love, and to honor the Lord. That's enough. It deserves my focus, and it deserves my attention. I've heard it said often, I, I'm sure you have too, that marriage is hard. Man, marriage is hard, bro. Marriage is hard. It, it, takes, it takes effort. You got to really, really focus, and you got to make that a thing because it's hard. It's hard. I believe that it deserves my focus and it deserves my attention, but I'm not going to walk around saying that marriage is so hard. One, one reason why is because I believe that divorce would be a lot harder. The enemy, Satan and his agenda is 
for us to believe that this is so hard that it would almost somehow be easier to cut this thing off. It'd somehow be easier to just pack it in, to just throw it away, to start over, to try it again a different way. I promise you, God's ways are easier. Jesus said that my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I believe that if we do things Jesus's way, with him holding it all together, it's going to be a lot easier than if I would let it go and divorce would become a reality. I can't even imagine having divorce wreck my home. I can't imagine what that would be like for my kids, for my wife. I'm a product of divorce as a child. My parents got divorced. My mom got remarried to a great guy. It wrecked me. It wrecked my life. And I could have allowed it to continue to do so. But when I got married, I put my foot down and I decided that my marriage was going to last. I decided that divorce was not going to be an option. And that whatever I did was going to be worth it. And at the end of the day, it's going to be easier to do things God's way than to do things the enemy's way. That's life. It's not easier. It's not more fun to live in sin and to live according to the world's standards. It's harder. It's harder. It's easier to serve the Lord than it is to serve the world. It is. Judge it by its fruit. Try it. See if your life's easy, you eyes. See if your life's easier after a stint in prison. See if your life's easier after multiple divorces and children with, with different daddies and different mamas. See if that's an easier life than honoring the Lord's word and doing things according to the way he wants. It is worth it. The enemy, the enemy absolutely wants to destroy your family. And if you don't protect it, who will? It's time that we start prioritizing our families. That's number one. Number two, prioritize the house of God. Prioritize the church. Again, these are practical ways that we can fight as a family, that we can raise our families to be ready for the battle and ready for the fight. As a family, one of the greatest things you can do is find a healthy church to set your roots in. It's one of the greatest things you can do. We're in a world of deconstruction. We're in a world of people don't think the church is very important, that we can watch TV, we can watch church online, we can gather around as a family and and worship together and watch, you know, watch services online. We don't have to actually be a part of a local body. I'm just telling you that this is a very, very healthy way to strengthen your family to fight in, in, in this time of war. When you find an anointed house of God that each member of the family can participate in, serve in, and grow in, you are setting the generational roots 
that will allow your family to stand when the storms of life come. That is so true. It's so true. We've all experienced, I can't even say that. We haven't all experienced it. Many of us have experienced church hurt in some way. We've experienced the the negatives of church. We've experienced men who probably weren't anointed for the call to be a pastor ruling over us and our families. And we've allowed emotions and feelings to lead the way. I get it. But I'm telling you, there is a healthy way to do church. And there's a healthy way uh, systematically that God put in place for families to grow with other families, for families to be led by anointed leaders. And when you find that, when you find a healthy house of God, it is worth setting your roots as a family. It is worth it. The church is meant to be a strong support system. That's that's what it's for, is to be a support system for individual families to come and graft into it together to stand together. Everybody wants a church when things are hard. <laughs> your kid your kid leaves the home and disgruntled and there's embarrassment and there's, you know, maybe you're broke and you have no money. Everybody wants a healthy church to come around them in those moments. But I'm telling you to get ahead of it. Let's get ahead of this. Let's understand the strategies of the enemy is to turn our hearts away from the church and away from the Lord. And one of the ways that we can stay engaged as a family is to find a healthy body to set roots and to grow into together. There's something amazing about healthy leadership and encouraging our children to honor healthy leadership. When you find it, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So my point is it's, it's worth the search. It's worth looking and searching for a healthy body of Christ. I had my pastor, Devin Leichner, on a few episodes ago. We were talking about prioritizing the house of God. Go back and watch that episode and he breaks down just amazing things that that come from being a part of the local body, the local church. And there's something there's something powerful about giving of your week with your family. You know, there's there's a reason that it's set up on Sundays. And again, people get critical about, oh, we don't have to go to a church, and why does it have to be on a Sunday? It doesn't have to. This is an, I'm not talking about law. I'm talking about healthy things that can be put in place for your family. And there's something powerful about Sunday morning, the first of your calendar week, you are giving to the Lord and you're honoring his house with your presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, presence, as well as your your gifts and as well as your praise and as well as your love and your attention. And you carry something special that somebody else needs too. We're all vessels and we're all like temples of the Holy Spirit. And we carry something that other people need to get their hands on too. So don't hold back from that. Be be present for that. I'm going to go into the, the next thing. Number three, prioritizing the word of God. 
this one's really, really special to me because I feel like the Lord's brought me back to a place where the, the word of God is just one of the most important things in my life. Like I want to stand on the word of God above all else. And I think that as a, as a father, teaching my children to have a biblical worldview is one of the most important responsibilities I can have as a parent. Teaching them to see the world through God's eyes and, and being able to read the word, read the Bible and, and apply it to your life and actually see that word activated and, and see how it relates to, to society and relates to your family and relates to the world around you. That's like the most important thing that we can, we can teach our children. It's the textbook of life and the experiences and feelings and culture make for a lousy curriculum. Feelings, emotions, experiences, and culture make for a lousy curriculum. And that's what they're going to get. That's what they're left with. If the word of God is not the standard they're standing on, whether they're going to school, public school, whether they're learning life, outside of your home from other people or whatever the case may be, if the word of God isn't the standard that you're teaching your kids and you're raising your kids to stand on, then they're learning it from somewhere. They're learning the purpose of life. They're learning their identity. They're learning who they are and, and what, what makes us as humans and what to expect from circumstances. They're learning all that from things outside of the word. If we're not rooting them and grounding them in the word of God. It's extremely important. And if your children know the word and learn how to use it as a weapon in warfare, they will experience the victory that Christ paid the price for them to experience. The word of God is a weapon. It's a weapon. It's a weapon that can be used in this war. I'd say it's the weapon that we should choose to use in this war. And there's some examples. When God created the universe, his word brought light where there was only darkness. In the beginning, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. His word is what brought forth life into a dark, endless nothingness. His word did that. When Ezekiel spoke God's words, life began to form on the remnants of death in a dry waste in a dry wasteland. Read the story about Ezekiel. He came into this valley of dry bones and God told him to prophesy to those bones and speak to those bones. He took God's words and did what God said to do. He did what God's word told him to do and those bones came to life. Meat and muscle and skin began to form on these bones and it was an army of humans, an army of, of living beings, all because of the word of God that was spoke. When Jesus was physically weakened in the wilderness, God's word was the weapon that gave him strength to resist and turn away from the devil. When Jesus, when Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan came to him multiple times to tempt him, to test him, to try to, he was weakened, right? Jesus was fasting and praying in the wilderness. And in those 
in those times of weakness is when the enemy shows up. And we can tell our kids and we can train our kids to resist the devil all we want to. But if they don't have a weapon to use instead of feelings and experiences, they're, they're in for it. It's my job as a parent to raise my kids to have a standard and to use a weapon, an effective weapon. And Jesus, in that moment, chose to, to speak God's word, to speak scripture, speak God's word, and the enemy left him alone. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The way that I want to raise my kids to resist the devil is to counteract that with God's word, to speak God's word in those moments. That's how they're going to re- that's how they're going to resist the devil. The Bible, the word of God carries the same authority for you today. It can be your light, your life and your strength. It's not just a book of words, it's the word in a book. It's a sword, it's the truth and it's good enough. My kids are going to know that. They're going to believe that that is that's the first thing we go for is God's word. If if I'm not feeling it, if I'm not getting it, if I'm not understanding it, Holy Spirit come and bring truth and bring revelation and bring wisdom into this book. Bring it to life so that it can be a sword to fight the battles that we're inevitably in right now. Number four, prioritize prayer. Again, these are things that we can do practically as a family to fight in this war. Number four, prioritize prayer. Teach your children how to pray. Do you know that Jesus taught his disciples how to pray? Like they came to him and they asked him, how do we pray? They heard him praying and they'd never heard prayer like that before. They've never understood prayer like that before. And Jesus taught them how to pray. There's a way that prayer can be effective in the lives of your children, in the lives of your family. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, and we should too. Your children are your disciples. And we should teach our children how to pray. If we live righteous lives, we should pray. We should pray. James 5.16 says, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. The prayers of a righteous man accomplish much. And in this time of war, we're going to go to prayer. And prayer is going to open doors. Prayer is going to stop things. Prayer is going to start things. Prayer is going to be like, it's, it's going to be the fuel that pushes us forward into this victory over the enemy. If God is our father, we should know how to pray from a humble place of sonship. The way Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, the very first words, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You guys know the Lord's prayer. The very first thing, our father, understanding that God is a father and we're praying to him as sons and as daughters. That's a that's a a different kind of mindset than they had back then. They didn't understand the whole idea of sonship back then. And guess what? The enemy wants our kids to not understand the idea of sonship also. I've got three daughters. 
that I, that I have to raise. I want them to see God as father. I want them to know that they have access to the king as a father. They have access to the throne. They have access to his heart. And that they're, they're, they're daughters of the king. I want them to understand that. So I'm going to teach them how to pray from a place of sonship, a place of daughtership. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by me humble themselves and pray, he will come and he will heal their land. There's a, a place of coming to him in a time of need as well. We're talking about doing this as a way to stand up against the enemy. You're in a war. You're in a time of need right now. God, come heal this land. That's, that's a prayer that we should never stop praying. The Bible actually says to, to pray uh, endlessly as well, to never stop. Pray without ceasing. That should just always be our go-to as a family. We're going to pray together. When there's sickness, we're going to pray. When there's confusion, we're going to pray. When, when I need strength because I feel weak, we're going to pray. When I need joy, we're going to pray. That's, that's, that's what a righteous family does together. Again, those are things that can be instilled in a healthy house of God as well. Having, having other family around you focused on the same thing, all praying for the same purpose, there's power in that. More prayer seems like a good thing to me. Number five, prioritize giving. Continuing with the principle of firsts. We talked about uh, honoring the house of God, the first part of the week. Giving, that's why I'm a tither. I believe that there's principles in the kingdom of God, that there's kingdom principles for life, for godliness, things that God gave his people to be able to see and experience a victorious Christian life. And one of those things for me is tithing. I'm going to give 10%. The first fruits, I'm going to give 10% of everything that passes through my hands financially. I'm going to give back to the Lord. I'm going to give back to the Lord through my house of God the house of God, the church that I choose to worship in, the church that I'm choosing to set up shop in as a family, that I'm choosing to set my roots in as a family. The first part of all the money that God is giving me is going back in to the kingdom. I'm going to sow into the kingdom. That's I'm raising my kids to understand that too. My daughter, my daughter Ashton has a job. And she's, she's, she's a tither. She's a giver. She gives above and beyond what, what God called us to give in Scripture. She goes above and beyond that. I believe it's a kingdom principle, and I believe it works. I believe that it works. When you, when you honor God first, he takes care of the rest. When I give him the 10%, he takes care of the 90. He takes care of it, and he, he blesses it. And that 90% flourishes and goes so much farther than having that 10% would have. If we can trust God with our first 10, we can expect him to bless and increase the 90. Luke 6.38 talks about how our giving produces a harvest 
a return. That is not only talking about money, but it's also not discounting money. Giving is a lifestyle that our children need to learn. Our children need to understand the, the kingdom benefits of giving, of giving wholeheartedly, giving in when there's need and giving when the spirit leads to give. The reward is worthy expectation. Whether it's your time, your talent, or yes, your treasure. If you give, plant, kingdom seed into kingdom pursuits, you will reap a kingdom harvest. It's simple. God takes care of me financially because I honor him with all of the money that he's, that he's blessed me with, all of the ways that he's allowed me to create wealth through side gigs, through a full-time job that's flourishing. He takes care of me when I honor him with that money. I'm so thankful for those opportunities to take care of my family and to produce for my family and to provide for my family. And I honor him by giving him the first 10%. And when there's a need, he provides, the Bible says that he provides seed for the sower. I'm raising my kids to be sowers into the kingdom. And when they prove themselves to be sowers, God will provide the seed for them to sow. And so I'm raising my kids up. I'm raising my family up. To, to be givers, to be excessive givers. And part of that giving is expecting that God will continue to allow me to be a giver. And he's done that faithfully. And why that's on this list, why that's on this list is because there are things that fighting in this war, there are some things that are going to require money. It costs money to get the gospel out. It costs money to do kingdom pursuits that God's put on your heart. It costs money sometimes. It costs money to raise a family to survive when the economic downturn comes and when the world goes upside down and when the, the world systems that are not God's systems, that are not the kingdom systems, when those don't work, the kingdom systems stand strong. And so I'm taking what the Lord's given me as instruction in scripture. And I'm teaching that to my children and they're going to flourish because of that. They will flourish. They will reap a kingdom harvest because they're going to be sowing into the kingdom. And you know what? I think, I think we're going to stop right there. I think we're going to stop right there after, after giving. And I'll go through these again real quick. Number one, prioritize your family. Number two, prioritize the house of God. Number three, prioritize the word of God. Number four, prioritize prayer. And number five, prioritize giving. These are practical things, practical tools that we're going to have access to that if we 
if we do them, if we follow these instructions and, and follow these practical things, we will be standing strong as a family. And we, we will be able to push back against what the enemy is, is trying to do to, to destroy our families, d- destroy us as individuals, destroy us as the church. He has strategies and we have strategies too. And these are 10, we're going over 10 strategies that we can use to fight in this war and in this battle. And that's the first five. We'll come back with the next five on this next episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. They, I, I hope you're blessed by this. If you have any comments, I'd love to hear them. Shoot me an email at the kingdom bringers. That's T H E the kingdom bringers at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to dialogue with you. If you have questions or comments, shoot them my way. Reach out to me through kingdombringer.com as well. You can sign up for the email list. I'm hoping to be putting out some encouraging email blasts here soon, just continuing to build up and encourage the body of Christ. Follow me on Facebook, Darren Eubanks on Facebook, and Instagram, Darren.Eubanks. I think that's it. Hope you guys are blessed. I am excited to bring to you the the rest of this message and just i'm going to stand with you in faith i'm going to fight with you in faith in faith believing that the lord's going to pierce through anything that you've built up that's going to that would maybe resist some of this instruction in the past maybe resist some of these strategies in the past because of you think it's law or you think it's like old testament stuff but this is basic practical things that people of God can do to stand and to fight as a family. And we're going to do that. I love you guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Be blessed.